Do you ever feel like you're always on? What do you do when you need a moment to chill? How would you like to hit the reset button to get ready for what's next? These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nothing but nonstop hustle all the time. Sometimes you just need a moment to turn off and hit reset, and that's when you can reach for Coors Light. It's made to chill. Look, it's summertime. Transfer window is coming up. It's gonna get crazy. So if you ever just wanna, again, take a step back and relax, read the transfer rounds, read the gossip rumors, grab a Coors Light. It'll be perfect companion for all those transfer merry-go-rounds. There's only one beer out there that's literally made to chill, and that's Coors Light. The mountains on the bottles and cans even turn blue when the beer is cold. That way you always know when it's time to chill. When you need to hit reset, just open a Coors Light. It's mountain cold refreshment made to chill. Now that it's finally hot in Minnesota, I'm gonna be looking for an easy beer to drink, and Coors Light is perfect for that. It's lagered, it's cold filtered, and it's cold packaged. It's, again, made to chill. It's crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies perfect for a moment to unwind and so when you want to hit reset reach for the beer that's made to chill get coors light in the new look delivered straight to your door with drizzly or instacart coors brewing company golden colorado and as always celebrate all right so you're listening to this podcast right now london is blue and guess what we host our podcast on anchor.fm that's right if you're looking to host your own podcast this is the easiest free way to get started. This has got a content creation tool allows you to record and the podcast right from a phone. That's right, don't even need a computer, but you can do it there too. They'll also help you distribute it, which is probably the most challenging part. You don't want to have to mess with that. They got you covered. You can get it right on a Spotify and Apple Podcasts as well as any other place podcasts are found. And you know what? You can monetize it too. Make a little cash for sharing your great content with the world. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one individual place. So you know what? Head over to your app store, download the Anchor app, or head to anchor.fm to get started if you're ready to launch your podcast and make it happen. This is the London is Blue podcast, keeping you up to date on the latest news from Stamford Bridge. Here's your hosts, Brandon, Dan, and Nick. Welcome back to the London is Green pod, podcast. Am I, am I reading this right? What, what's going on? So we got at gate seventeen Marco, boy Mark Laurel added us today on Twitter. Dan going London is Green podcast. I mean, he's a hero. He he's already a legend. It only took uh, about forty minutes of football at Sanford Bridge for the truth to be revealed uh, self-evident nick that rob green is a legend and as such we should rename and retitle this podcast to london is green and i think that's a a very fair and astute comment from our friend mark i want to nominate him for player of the year already i think that would be done yeah like i you know why why do we have to wait Uh, i think you know, he makes a he makes a penalty save in the most important match of our entire season. You know, he's he's a legend. He's a legend. That's just it. Okay. Well, on that point, I think we'll go ahead and stick to our <laughs> existing name and branding, and we're gonna get in. So, guys, girls, friends of the pod, this is I think about our fourth summer update at this point, and we've actually had some matches, so we've got a little something to go off of, and we've had a little action in the transfer market. You know, a little. Little slap and tickle from the board, getting everyone excited out there. Wow. Okay. Wow. Oh, who doesn't like super troopers? Oh, it's so good though. I didn't I didn't expect that to come from you. I thought that would come from Dan. The slap and tickle. That's just wonderful. You're welcome. Uh go ahead and explain this one. Boom. Um, Dan, we do have iTunes reviews continuing the push all summer long. Everyone, you've been fantastic. Dan, what are we currently up to in the iTunes right now? Crap, man. We're up to 343 uh, iTunes reviews in the U.S. store, which is pretty incredible. And thank you very much for all your support. It's in the plus 60s in the U.K. It's over 20 in Canada, our friends to the north. And Norway, Sweden, you know, they're in double digits contribution. Australia also double digit contribution. So a lot of global love for the London is Blue, not London is Green podcast. And we want to thank uh, Sir King God Five, a very formal title there. Want to make sure I got that formal. one right. Yep. Uh, JKT uh, 10890. 
and then a Matadon, which I feel like must be some form of Autobot or Decepticon that mm-hmm. uh, was not featured in the movies. Uh, maybe it was a comic special. And Underrated then, part of our audience yeah. right there are <laughs> robots. <laughs> and then... <laughs> How did that one? That was just that was all just right. a normal that and was a normal Shikuli, dead. Yes, sir. All of you guys are amazing. Absolutely appreciate it. But we have some Patreon names, and this is where I jump in. Jack Giles, huge shout out for your donation. Um, we have a special one. So Ardale Hall came in with a huge, 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 huge one-time donation. Unbelievably overwhelmed. So much appreciation from us. So thank you. Uh, for all of you guys, there are going to be new Patreon prizes this season, and there's going to be new levels and a bunch of content. So if you missed it, I actually wrote an article about the Courtois saga, um, you know, kind of who I blame between the board and him and, and just the whole situation, and it's on Patreon. So all you have to do to read it is, you know, commit to a dollar a month for us, which is $12 a year, which is like less than a quarter of podcast. Um, we would really appreciate it and help us a lot. And we promise to really dedicate a lot of that stuff uh, to you guys tonight. Um, but anyways, before we jump into this, Nick immediately getting called out on Twitter by at Xanosaurus saying with Rob Green's heroics tonight, should he be the first choice over the incoming young goat, Ariza Balaga? And can Nick teach us all how to pronounce his name properly? Uh, you just did a great job, Ariza Balaga. I think. Yeah, bravo. Yeah, I think the um, I don't I don't know Basque, so you know I'm I'm not a hundred percent sure here, but I think the Z might have a TH sound. Uh, we'll have to figure out the the exact dialect there, but in our American dulcet tones, Ariza Balaga makes a lot of sense. Um, so that Ariza Balaga, Ariza Balaga, Ariza Balaga, say it three times fast, uh, or just call him Keppa because that's that's equally easy. Yeah, most likely he'll be called Keppa quite often, and most announcers might default to that because the Arisa Balaga to Azpilicueta to Azpilicueta to Arisa Balaga no. is going to become extremely confusing <laughs> um, for Dan, match commentators. But as we realize today, most of us don't listen to him anyway. Dan, uh, can I say really, really quickly, he's our first choice Keppa. You know what I'm saying? No. Uh, that no. that you know joke saying? was dead. No. <laughs> in under 30 seconds <laughs> had, had to be done it, it really had to be done alright well let's go ahead and before we get into part one we usually do uh, a shout out to World Soccer Shop but we actually have a, a new one Nick that we're really excited about um, you know for us this is actually the first time we've done a, a charity kind of raffle or even you know money fundraiser of anything um, our goal was 1500 to help the uh, Veterans Community Project down in Kansas City in your backyard, uh, an organization you've gotten to know. You asked for fifteen hundred. What did our Chelsea faithful provide? Well, we're we're not done yet. So um, so that's the first call out. So Friday, about ten p.m. Eastern time in the states is our um, is our kind of cutoff for everything. But right now we're at just over two grand. Um, so one hundred and thirty-five percent of goal. Um, you guys are absolutely incredible. Uh, those who have donated, we've had some really sizable donations in the hundred, two hundred and fifty dollar range, and and I know, you know, the folks who are donating that amount of money are not doing it to, to win a signed shirt. Um, they're, they're just doing it to do it, and I, I couldn't applaud you guys more. So I guess uh, you know if if we have one last push here, uh, my goal would be to get to you know. 2250 you know if we can try and make it there every penny counts um and if you guys don't know about the veterans community project uh they are uh veterans veteran led helping homeless veterans in kansas city st louis and nashville quickly expanding all over the country they're awesome Uh, we're hoping to have their ceo join our next podcast uh, to kind of do like a wrap-up for the raffle um, but they are, they're known for building tiny homes in a veterans village format for, uh, homeless veterans in those three cities. And it's an incredible project. Uh, they are as genuine as they come. Uh, you shouldn't feel like you're, you're, you're getting scammed by some, some weirdo charity. I mean, these guys are as real as it gets. So again, let's make one last push at this deal Friday, uh, the, um, the 10th of August, uh, about 10 p.m. Eastern, uh, and then the 
the actual draw for the items will happen on Saturday. And we will be letting everyone know via email if, if you want or whatever. But just, you know, I mean, bravo to everyone. Thank you guys so much for, for making this happen. It's brilliant. We are uh, overwhelmed by the response we've gotten, and we want to keep it going. What a fantastic thing to do. So here we go. Part one, existing squad review. So as the transfer window in the Premier League comes to a close, we've had a few matches. Preseason is officially over. Um, Dan, we've... We've got a lot of guys that, you know, we really don't know where they stand at this point. I think that the now is really a good time to go through a lot of them. Uh, pretty kind of interesting take that we've got from uh, at Scott B. Walter saying, Tammy needs to impress at Brighton. RLC doesn't quite take his chance. Ampadu, beyond his years, who will take DD off our hands? DD beating Danny Drinkwater in case that confused you. Dan, let's just you know, go through the results of preseason, right? So we've got Chelsea 1, Perth Glory 0. Chelsea 1, Inter 1, match went to penalties. Um, Then we had Arsenal 1, Chelsea 1, again, to penalties. And then we've lost in the um, Community Shield 2-0 to Manchester City before a 0-0 draw in penalties. Uh, Pretty low scoring. A lot of penalty practice early in the season. Um, overall, what have you thought of the performances in general for this preseason? Uh, well, I am in love with Jorginho's penalty takes. Uh, that, first and foremost, uh, I've come to find the, out the during this skip. wonderful... The little skip beforehand just the gets me. skip is great, yeah. That, that is, uh, that's, that's quite the... You know, look, I, I'm, I'm also a fan of the Ed Hazard Stone Cold Killer take. Um but you know the Jorginho one has found a uh, has, has warmed into my heart quite quickly, and yeah, I look. I think this preseason was disjointed. It was poorly planned out. Um, you know, if you know that you're going to have a new manager coming in, like you, you, we went from having a one slate of fixtures to having a second slate of preseason fixtures, and that is emblematic. <laughs> Of so many things that have not gone right for Chelsea in the past 60 days, let's say. And a lot of things went right. We got to see Sorry come in. We got to see some elements of attractive football. It was typically for the first 45 minutes. And then when we got into the second half and players were tired or we had subbed in new players who maybe hadn't played together for as long, we saw some pretty lackluster performances. And... What you got to see closer to the end of this final match against Lyon is the players who are more likely going to make up the composite of, you know, Sarri and Chelsea starting 11, who are going to be able to offer and execute on that style of play in a way that some of the players who were forced to play 45, 65, even 90 minutes, who are most likely not going to be either a squad player or a first team, you know, the the first team, uh, first choice player, getting uh, getting minutes and maybe not being able to execute in the system the way that Sorry would want. And so I, I think Nick, you know, over the course of this preseason, I felt it was disjointed would be the one word I would use to sum it up. But I don't think I'm overly concerned about the type of football we're going to get because we also didn't see our best players in the system until the 65th minute against Leon today. Yeah. I don't think you can take after just going through this two years ago with Antonio and a change of system and all that stuff. Like, I don't think you can take this preseason that seriously. Uh, what is serious is that we play Huddersfield on Saturday in the first game of the Premier League. So, uh, you know, I, I, I think even uh, Maurizio Sarri said after this match that, It'll be two or three months before the team is playing really good football. They have to build trust. They have to build an understanding of, of Sari's system. They have to have a full squad ready to go, uh, You know, which is why when we get into the transfer stuff later on, why it annoys the absolute crap out of me um, that we don't have the, the full team together before uh, we play our first match on Saturday. But you know, it's just not a hot take, I guess, but just my take. Um I think if I had to characterize the preseason, it was slow. Um, not only in terms of compiling a squad capable of making top four, 
but also in the style of play um, that has basically uh, been shown up to this point. And, you know, I think you saw it a lot in the last two matches, specifically against City and, and against Lyon, you know, the, the better of the competition that we faced, that there's still a lot of trust that has to be built between Sari and the players who have played under the uh, methodical Antonio Conte style for the last couple of years. I think it's a major thing that needs to break through. And, and you can tell, you know, there's just a little little tactical nuance. You could tell, for example, when Ruben got the ball today, that instead of doing, you know, kind of the, the quick moves around players and quick passing, there were a lot of missed passes because Ruben didn't go on his run right after passing the ball, right? There are a lot of give and goes in the system, and the players are just not mentally there yet to be like, okay, I've passed the ball. Time to turn on the Jets and go. Uh, there's a lot of standing around still. There's a lot of moving the ball around the circle, <laughs> um, which is you know kind of annoying after we watched that pretty much the, the entire last season. Um, so I think the players are just going to need to build the the trust and understanding, and and I have no doubt it will happen. I think the the key, Brandon, is going to be how quickly it you know it comes. If it's a five month project. Yikes! You know, if if it's a if it's a two month process, then then maybe we can still challenge for top four. Patience is not something afforded at Chelsea, but yet it will be absolutely necessary for Maurizio to do his magic. So we'll see what happens. But to be honest, I'm kind of sick and tired of you not having hot takes. So let's get into it. Goalkeepers, <laughs> I think you can easily add Courtois to your list of departures obviously, since he refuses to come to Cobham, which leaves Marcin Bulka as the um, the only goalkeeper left on the roster where we're wondering if he's going to stay or not because obviously Caballero and Robert Green uh, are going to stay. So Marcin Bulka... You, you, cannot, you cannot get rid of Rob Green now. Going to challenge for the first team spot. Going to challenge for the primary role between the sticks. I'm going to stop you there. It's amazing. I'm going to stop you there. <laughs> Uh, no, unfortunately, I've I've loved seeing Bulka this preseason. Uh, I think he has a ton of potential. Remember, we stole him from Barcelona. Stole, in quotation marks. Um, and he's got a huge frame. If anything, we should find somewhere for him to go get some first-team action. Otherwise, he's going to keep dominating the the youth teams and the development squad um, kind of without that he, real leap. He was really impressive, though, this preseason. Absolutely. And I think, you know, if, if, if we look at and we'll, we'll get into some of the other young players that uh, shown out too, but uh, he was he was one that I just didn't know about. It didn't see a ton of, you know. And I I don't know. I think that he made some really good reaction saves. Uh, his distribution was dis, uh, was pretty decent. I mean, he had a couple of flubs, but uh, nothing that that couldn't be fixed. And man, if if he grows into that frame, you know, Dan, I think I think that kid has a a major future at the club. Yeah, the, the biggest point of order, and in chatting with our friends uh, at the at Carefree Youth account, is that Bulka needs another season in, in the club before going out on loan, before he would qualify in the future as a homegrown player. Yeah, so don't do that then. He, He's too close. He, he needs to stay this last season around the club, probably being the first choice uh, CFC dev or Premier League 2 goalkeeper, so he'll get a plenty of minutes there and then you know he'll get a chance to be around and, and be involved in the fringes with the first team and you know kind of take in information under sorry and i would imagine then it's the following season that we look to send him out on a loan maybe one or two years and you know again i mean he, he's only 18 you know if we're bringing in a keeper who's 24 25 uh you know there still is some likelihood in the future that bulka could be a first team option for us and again you got to plan for inevitability right uh, because if you don't, then you find yourself in the situation they were at today uh, where you might spend your world record transfer fee on a goalkeeper with uh, 30 hours left in the transfer window. So obviously uh, the team will do that, keep him around. Uh, but that is it for the goalkeepers. From a defender's standpoint, I think that there's still three. I think the fact that we've seen David Luiz play as much as he has um, shows that he's going to stay. I know Cahill was with England. But, you know, just kind of like Ruben, he could have came back earlier if he wanted um, because he didn't really play in the World Cup. So for me, we've got Zappacosta, Cahill, and Ampadu. Kind of, I wouldn't, again, we're using the word chopping block, but I think it's really 
these are the guys that left that we don't really have verdicts on. I mean, Nick, obviously you're a huge Ampadu fan. Um, you know, the the kid looks absolutely in his element no matter where we put him. If he does end up playing center back, uh, I mean, that's going to be tough for him because he's a bit small in that sense. But he plays without fear, which gives him an angle. Um, Cahill, we, it, it'd be weird, I think, if he left at this point just because he hasn't been around. Um, and Zappacosta, personally, I fully expect him to be gone, uh, probably in the European transfer window, not this Premier League one. I, I would say quickly, because I, I think, I don't know, I, I, I'm i unsure of who is going to go from our defensive core. Um, I know Zappacosta and I think Cahill. Um, God, man, Ampadu is just, I think if I had to, if I had to get a young player's kit, right now Ooh. he he might be it Ooh. wow I, I i just i am absolutely enamored with how he plays and you know for you know same with hudson adoy who i absolutely love too but geez man that's just something about i i don't know what i was doing at 17 but it certainly wasn't playing in the premier league um I just I, I i'm enamored with this play i think you know it would, it would be excellent if he if he goes on loan, God, he has to has to has to start. You know that would be my only thing is like who is you know what Premier League club or what German club is going to trust him to get the playing time he needs to develop. Dan, that's my only thing. Otherwise, we keep him. Yeah, I I would keep him because I think between Cahill, Luis, uh, and then maybe even our Danish prince Christensen he could quickly rise up the ranks to be uh, the starting one of the starting center backs for Chelsea this season. Um, I, I, I don't think that's out of the realm of possibility for him. And, you know, we don't try to go into mad hyperbole in this podcast. Uh, we're, we're very much not the overreaction theater, um, but he has looked every bit the part of a, you know, Premier League defender uh, for a top, you know, top four, top five, top six side. So, yeah, I, I think Cahill probably would want to go to an English team. So I feel like if we were going to ship him off, it would have been uh, sometime before the end of the window. And it looks like that, you know, is going to close. Zappacasa, I think, is a, a likely candidate to also depart as well. Um, but he represents probably the only right back uh, backup to Azpilicueta. So, uh, that also means that he probably stays uh, if we can't find a buyer who gives us some, a high return on our investment. And remember, Ampadu is coming off a broken ankle at the end of last season, so even more impressive from the kid. All right, in the midfield, we've got quite a few here. So I think that, um, you know, I, let's see. We've got Drinkwater, Barkley, Bakioko, Ruben, Dan, you put PS1 in here, but he's an attacker to me, but we'll, we'll leave it for now. Um, those are what we have for actual central midfielders. Uh, to me, again, to, to lead this off, I guess I'll just pitch it to you, Dan. I mean, assuming that only two of those guys are going to stay, who stays for you? I think Barkley has shown that he's going to stay. I think that's pretty evident from his inclusion in preseason the fact that he's talked up about you know the research that he's done into watching you know napoli games he's saying all the right things he looks the fittest he's probably looked in a very long time as a player uh we found out that his legs at some points are not manufactured from straw so that's a, a good thing to see that, that has changed for him as well uh, i think the cannot attempt a forward pass for 70 minutes daniel drinkwater is eligible to go someplace else as soon as possible and uh, I think Bakayoko going somewhere on a, on a loan, maybe not a permanent sale, but someplace where he can regain some confidence would be fantastic. Uh, I'd really like to see Ruben stay along with uh, Barkley, and that be the the two that we keep in pocket, Nicholas. Yeah, Drinkwater has to go. Um, I, I you know I, I don't I don't see how Bakayoko can can play in this system. Yeah, I, I just I don't I don't know if he's that guy. I think he would have been if if Antonio was still here, he would have been a dyna really dynamic part of our season. But I, I just don't see how it's possible that he's he's there. I am not super convinced by Barkley, and I haven't been. Um, I don't. I, I saw him play a lot in the preseason. He, he didn't really do a ton for me. 
I think that the the sparks that Ruben showed today, you know, were were equal if not better than what we saw from Barkley. And that's why I mean, you know, Ruben is a guy who absolutely has to be there. Jorginho, Conte, you know, I Sesk even. I'm not even sure if Sesk should be there. Just just being honest about it. So, you know, I think if if there, you know, we'll get into some of the rumors here, but like if there are any sort of movements, I would expect a few midfielders to go, maybe one to come in, maybe RLC to stay, um, and, and just really hope that, God, just really hope that he earns his spot. Like that was my thing a couple of weeks ago. Brandon was, you know, people just expected him to walk into the first team uh, and and just you know start ripping it up, and you know he's just never really done that. So let's uh, so hope he earns it, right? I, I mean, that's it. Yeah, it's crazy. You know, end of last season, Bakioko has a couple good performances. All of a sudden, we're tipping him to stay uh, after we spent most of the season saying how he's a fraud. We need to sell him. Uh, new manager comes in. All of a sudden, it's a pass and move system, not so much a marauding, uh, you know, get it to the front three and let them dance and do their thing. And all of a sudden, he's back out of the system. It, like, I know a lot of us are hard on, on footballers because of the amount of money they make and stuff like that. But think about that, right? He left Monaco came to Chelsea, had a great start, had a terrible run, the fans wanted him out, came back into the system at the end of the season, all of a sudden, absolutely, Bakayoko is going to come great next season, next season comes around, he's a new manager, and no one wants him, because he doesn't fit the system, like, that's pretty brutal on someone as well, I mean, I think that we have to have a little empathy for him in that situation, but you're right, I just don't see a pass and move system really thriving under him. But as always, I would love to be proved wrong uh, by him just because of his athleticism and frame. I think that uh, he's a threat anywhere on the field. Um, you know, Barkley, RLC for me are the two that I would keep, though, at the end of the day. I think that they just have the, a better ability to adapt, especially if Jorginho is going to be deeper. Conte is the breakup. We need someone to really uh, run in that gap, whether it's him or, you know, as we talked about, potentially Kovacic coming in someone to to you know run with the attacking trident and and kind of play that mark hamshik role who always was that that midfielder coming into the box late and um well last time we had that we had super frank on the team and we all would love to have a midfielder chip into some goals this season all right on to some attackers we've got hudson adoy pedro william moses um and then we'll do strikers next so nick i mean obviously hudson adoy getting a ton of minutes this preseason pedro getting a ton of minutes William is back. Um, I'm not thrilled by what he said about the fact that he loves Mourinho and wants to work with him again someday, but he does seem committed uh, to you know playing out of the system. You think him, if anyone, would really thrive under under this. Uh, but then obviously Moses making the huge jump from wing back to now attacking, uh, you know, attacking wing essentially right wing in this new system again. Someone who has to adapt and change. Yeah, I, I think Moses is the odd man out here. Um... And and everyone knows if if you've been a listener of the show for longer than one season, you know that I absolutely love Victor Moses. I think his story is incredible. I think he is a person is an incredible person, and you know he's given us some pretty incredible moments. The problem is he's just not a goal scoring wing, and that's the that's the area on the team uh, that we need. I mean, to be honest with you, William and Pedro aren't really goal scoring wings either. Like, you know, their combined goal total last year was, I think, 11 or 12, um, something like that. I mean, it just – there was not – I mean, there's just not a ton of production from that right wing spot. And that was, you know, why we were hoping for someone, you know, like a, a Bailey or a Pulisic or even a Zaha who could roll in and just kind of own that spot and really chip in with the goals. Because if we're relying on number 10 – to you know to give us everything i think that's just a mistake he needs other talent to facilitate to he's a passive player in in terms of he likes to set up his teammates he doesn't want the personal glory um so i i just i worry about the right wing I, you know i think it's an area of weakness on the team right now i'm over all the william drama you know we we and i don't even think he's the purveyor of a lot of it but like it's still out there in the press and he's doing interviews and Stuff like that, and we've interviewed him ourselves, so you know we're kind of speaking from experience on this one. Really great guy, really nice to us. Couldn't have been more cordial, um, but like 
you know, shit or get off the pot kind of is my scenario there. If you want to go, make it well known that you want to go. If you want to stay, stay. You know, we, we don't want another Courtois situation. <laughs> okay? We just don't. And, you know, I would I would be happy if William stayed. Um, and I would understand if he wants to go and start new. So, Dan, I mean, what do you think? Well, I, I do want to, you know, as someone who's worked in technology for quite some time now, um, you know, all of my uh, post-collegiate life, I do want to say and give credit to William for trying to find a way to blame uh, the trophy emojis on his daughter <laughs> and the usage of the cell phone. Um, look, man, you probably have a passcode and you probably do not tell your children the passcode to the phone. Um, and let's just say it's an, an iPhone or let's just say it's something that uses like facial recognition. That's probably not unlocking it for your daughter either. So you're telling me your daughter took the photo, planted the emojis over the photo, saved the photo and then uploaded it to social media. That's a, that's a real stretch. That's a real big whopper of a tail there so uh, i'm just gonna poke holes in that one and say um awesome for throwing your child on the bus and using them as uh your your flag shield that's great real real awesome um uh moses is the the candidate most likely to go though i mean they're adorable it's not like you're going to get mad at them i mean it makes sense for million <laughs> oh it's so cute you know I've, I've hated playing under this manager and you made a funny photo with trophy emojis over him yeah is he, um, is he literally feel- like earlier in the in the thing was saying yeah working under conte was not fun he didn't handle people real well remember that diego I guy mean, I, I, I would have believed it more if his if it was poop emojis and the child had put the funny poop face over it like that i would have believed as a part of the story and that would have made more sense I, I think the call out here too is Pedro got a year extension on his deal. Yeah, he's th- he's here. <sighs> Two more years. I, I, you know, but why <laughs> is the question well, like? Well, I, so I don't know. one year one year extension is going to give us the option then in a year if we feel like there's a good opportunity to pass Pedro forward into a different spot in a different role then retire. Uh, in Spain that will be able to you know make some money potentially off that deal or off that transfer in a way we wouldn't have at the end of this season um, you know potentially letting you know putting them on the spot potentially to be like a free transfer out so um, you know it, it's you know I think good financial sense he clearly uh, will I think thrive in this system uh, more so than maybe even William because it requires a lot of pace and pressing and there's one thing we know about Pedro he has a motor and can occasionally pull off a little bit of a wonder goal. So if he doesn't have to track back, you know, for the entirety of the game and uh, play without the ball, I actually think we'll see a really good side of Pedro this season. All right. Well, a lot left to be desired from that one, but we'll go ahead and move on to the strikers with Tammy Abraham, Alvaro Morata, Mishi Batshuayi, and World Cup winner Giroud. He'll be coming back with so much swag into that locker room. Even if he doesn't have his beautiful hair, Dan, when it comes to strikers, Chelsea, as I rattle off those lists, not a lot of goals outside the penalty spot. And you, as someone who's a staunch denier of goals counted from the penalty spot, will not be real impressed (laughs) with what we've done so far. And obviously, it's natural for managers to start at the back and work their way up. So the attack is usually the last thing to click. I mean, I can get that. But if you're sitting here going, all right, we've got Murata, Batshuayi, Giroud, and Abraham, you're going to need three forwards. It doesn't look like anyone's coming in in that spot. Is it just Abraham out on loan, or is there a surprise in can, there? Can I can I quickly jump in and say that Murata is also a hater of, of the penalty spot <laughs> goal as well? <laughs> oh. <laughs> Sorry. Oh wow, that's uh, you know, <laughs> who, who who has a harder breakup, uh, Maratza in the penalty spot or dot dot dot. Um, yeah, I, I think Abraham on loan probably makes the most sense. It's, it, the thing is, you would want to loan him to another Premier League side. Uh, you know, Brighton obviously very interested, and that deal would have to be wrapped asap to make sure it happens. Because I don't think him going back to the Championship doesn't help us prove anything. It doesn't help us help him further acclimatize further develop in his skills as a player. I think Batshuayi is probably the most equipped to be super successful under Mauricio Sarri in a system that feeds the ball to attackers. Uh, he will feast. It will be like 
the biggest kid on the board playing Hungry Hungry Hippos. Like, all the marbles will be his this season if he gets a shot up top. And, you know, I, I think then Drew, primarily, primarily reliable, great, you know, team teammate, uh, galvanized a bit of the squad last season in a never-say-die mentality. And hopefully, you know, the two of them can rally around Murata, arms around the shoulder, and help continue to bring him up this season. You know, Marisa Sari, very good at developing attackers, and hopefully he can give a little bit of, like, a, a Neo uh, to Morpheus relationship and just, like, jack into the back of his brain some uh, some finishing skill moments there, and we'll be good to go. Yeah. Uh, Abraham Talone. I think uh, Batshuayi is the, the prime candidate to lead the line right now. I think he plays the one touch the best of any of them. Uh, I think Giroud still has a role to play, and, and Maratza has to do a hell of a lot to prove himself. And I, he came out with a, with a quote recently that said that he was having – he had a mental block last season, and understandable. You know, it's a lot of pressure. He had a back problem. You know, it was a season of turmoil. Uh, you know, let's hope he can fix it. You know, he seems committed to the club, which is great. Um, now now it's time to produce. All right. Well, let's go ahead and um, pretty much just ask for you guys to let us know what you think. You know, we, we asked quite a few players, Abacasso, Drinkwater, Bakioko, um, Moses, Abraham. Let us know where you guys are at with a lot of these players. Did we keep the wrong ones? What do you think the club are going to do? Always, always, always want to hear from you guys. But we are going to go ahead and move on to our social media questions. But before that... Um, we always want to give a little shout out to to what we're doing behind the scenes. Uh, Dan, this season is a is a big one for us in the sense that um, we really want to commit our time and effort to Patreon. After launching it last season, we really didn't do anything with it. We weren't sure what to expect, and our fans absolutely over delivered. So, first off, a huge thank you to any and all of you who are existing Patreon members. Uh, but also a call out uh, to head over there and check it out because we're going to be doing some exciting stuff this season. Yeah, you can read uh, Brandon's complete dissertation and thesis on the <laughs> Chelsea board vis a vis transfer negotiations, vis a vis Courtois, vis a vis land treaties. And uh, it's really just an enticing <laughs> read. You're definitely going to dive into that. And uh, Nick is probably going to do some type of uh, singing. On a weekly basis, uh, don't know right. if you'll be excited about that or not. And uh, you know, I'm gonna do uh, balloon animals on uh, live stream. So uh, I don't know how to do them, but I'll figure out how to do it. Uh, and all joking, kidding aside, we've got some ideas for some content we're gonna be putting there. Uh, so check out very, very soon for some updates to the tiers, what we'll be doing, how frequently we'll be happening, maybe even a private little WhatsApp group for the uh, you know London is blue and company to uh, engage in some uh, conversation, which uh, will be uh, exclusive to some of our Patreon friends. So keep eyes locked there. End. All right, here we go. Social media questions and and just some other stuff we threw in there, sprinkled it in. First one is actually from Patreon, Mark, uh, perk of being a patron on that. He goes, hey guys, this is more of a hello and excited to be back with y'all on another season who is your dark horse for most improved slash exciting or whatever you want to call it player? Uh, who will that be under sorry? Interesting. Uh, I'm going to steal the thunder and limelight and make sure no one steals my choice. And I'm going to say my dark horse under sorry has to be Palmieri Emerson. I think he's built perfectly for passing. Uh, I'm sorry, for a pressing system under sorry. His pace and link up ability could be deadly paired alongside Eden Hazard. Again, I love Marco Alonso. He runs for me. He runs for you. Uh, absolute warrior in the last two seasons under Conte. Um, no fault to his own. I just think that when you're out on the wing without three center backs behind you, you need to be able to defend one-on-one, and that's just not Alonso's strong suit. So I know that Palmieri really didn't get any minutes this preseason, but I think he's going to sooner than later be in that left-back spot and uh, have it locked down as his own. Nick, what about you, man? A lot of a lot of good candidates here. You know, you could think of, uh, you know, some of our our dark horse candidates. You know, we're we're not looking for Eden Hazard to have a, you know, a crazy season as a dark horse because everyone knows him. Um, but mine is Mishu Batshuayi. Um, I know there hasn't been a whole lot of buzz around him. You know, we all thought he might be gone. You know, it appears, at least you know on the surface, that he is going to be with the club. 
and again, I think that he's he's the guy to lead the line. Um, I think uh, you know he had a really kind of up and down year last year. Did some really good things at Dortmund. The system suits him. Uh, I hope he brings his trademark personality and energy, and and just develops a relationship with with Hazard and um, you know our new attacking threat in Golo Kante. Um, <laughs> uh, so yeah, I just I, I really I feel good about Mishi. I don't feel great about our other strikers in the system. So dark horse, he's it. Dan, you're up. All right. So I know you in the pre-production of the podcast would me crap for my selection, but I'm going to lay it out. And, you know, this, this player has won almost everything already in a very uh, short window in under three years, including world cup but has continued to grow and develop as a player over the past couple seasons. And somehow, N'Golo Conte will be the player that improves the most under Sari. And I think the key aspect that we have not seen from him so far is anything from an attacking standpoint with assists and goals other than a scoring edge Manchester United on multiple occasions. I think that is going to somehow make its way into his game and he will cement himself as the world's best all-around midfielder because he gets a lot of press and a lot of praise for being the best defensive midfielder, but he's going to unlock his attacking potential. Unmarisio, sorry. I will put a claim out on that one, and I hope to be proved 100% right. Boo. I say you can Boo go in. I'm, not, I'm just not going to bother. Boo. I love N'Golo Kante. I think he's the second best player on the team, though. he might be the number one this season oh my gosh all right we have a fun one let's go ahead and get into this from at tosser of coin uh always love what they throw our way says if you can only keep one of these players in the first team this season who's your guy list ampadu ruben loftus cheek or callum hudson adoy to which dan needs a little clarification says would they be starting every game if they're eligible or are they just in the first team or subs every match to which toss of coin replies stay with the first team the other two have to be loaned out but all right here we go so dan since you've obviously had the most time to think about this where do you stand (laughs) on ampadu ruben and callum keep one ship Uh. the other two Callum playing on the left means that Hazard really start in front of him. So uh, Ruben Loftus-Cheek is in competition for the the minutes. But I would say Ampadu, one injury or a, ba- a batch of bad form could find himself, uh, much like Christensen did for a part of last season, getting an opportunity to start and say starting in a uh, center-back role for Chelsea. So I would keep Ampadu on the uh, on that gamble because I think he would then be the likeliest to get the most minutes, which to me is how I value this question, is are, who's going to get the most potential minutes by staying around as a part of the first team this season? And I would say Ampadu probably ticks that box. Nick, uh, you want to go or you want me to uh, jump in? I, I mean, if, we, if we're thinking about the positions... Ampadu, you know, is in the middle of just a crap ton of competition for center back. Um, so, I, you know, I think he goes on loan in my system. And then it's really what's more important. You know, it, is, the, is the wing play more important or is the central midfield play more important? I, I keep Callum Hudson-Odoi. Um, I send Ruben out on loan. I said Ampadu out on loan. I think that... Um, if if Ampadu, you know, does his thing online, he's going to come back and be fine. Ruben it will be fine. But Callum needs to stay with this group, maybe flip to the right wing um, if he can start out dueling Willian or Pedro. And, and let's just see what he can do. I mean, the kid was absolute fire in preseason and, and has been impressive uh, since coming up to Chelsea's first team. So he's the one I keep just based on position of need. Yeah, this is this is pretty tough when you when you make it you know kind of break it down that way. I think that if Callum goes to the right, he has a little bit more flexibility. If obviously we go to four two three one and Hazard comes central, it's great. Uh, there's just too many kind of kind of issues I feel like. And with Ampadu, uh, it is a crowded center back spot, especially because there's only two now. 
I would. I think that if Ruben goes on loan again, I think that he cuts his time at Chelsea short. I think that if we continue another year of saying we as a club don't believe in you enough to like tell the manager to make it work, I'm worried that Ruben leaves the club and goes on to do great things elsewhere. So I kind of want to keep him because we've got plenty of time with a 17 and 18 or 19 year old uh, Callum Hudson-Odoi and Ampadu. So that's kind of where I'm thinking, not necessarily about who's going to play the most, but more about if uh, us losing Ruben. That's kind of where I'm at. There's no, there's no right answer here. Yeah, thanks, tosser of coin. <laughs> you know, Brutal. Yeah, yeah, thank, yeah, thanks yeah, for setting question. us up with that. Yeah, no, it's it's a really great question, but we, we'd love to hear you know tweet at us with your pick because I mean that is that's one of the harder questions we've had on here in a while. All day. All right, then the last one we had was from at Starstress saying, maybe this is sacrilegious, but should Chelsea fans resign ourselves that this may be a quote-unquote throwaway season? When discussing Sari, it's often mentioned how Pep, another idealistic coach, took time for the play to match the vision. Um, pretty crazy to think. I don't know, Dan. I mean, to be fair, though, Pep did make top four in his first season, and that's pretty much the bare minimum for big teams these days. Yeah, I would say that I don't necessarily know if I would call it a throwaway season. I think that's the the wrong branding maybe statement for it. Uh, I know Nick works in marketing, so maybe he could give us a better uh, a better terminology for it. But I would go with that it is a uh, a transition season or a rebuilding <laughs> season. Um, you know, it, we uh, you know the the ground was salted and we've uh, moved to another place to rebuild anew and uh, that is what we're doing with Sari and I think we can set some expectations around what we will see this season uh, I think we will see top four I will think we'll see challenges for trophies it may not be the Premier League trophy but I think we will challenge for trophies this season and I think it will be exciting and who knows the manager could get sacked in five months uh, manager could end up being the best manager we've ever had. And uh, that type of question mark box around this season is exciting and terrifying and wonderful and horrible all at the same time. And I am just in a glass cage of emotion right now, Nick. Uh, yeah, uh, I think instead of throwaway, we should think about repurpose or recycle. You know, how can we, how can we be more environmentally friendly? <laughs> you know, let's, um, <laughs> Let's take a real strong look at that team. No one wants to hear that. We're Chelsea. We don't do that. We just, I don't know, fire the manager and start over if it doesn't work. <laughs> All right. Um, we do have some rumors, obviously, for the transfer. So we're going to slip these in here real quick. At uh, SamJoe259 saying, what do you realistically, I'm sorry, who do you realistically see joining us and departing us? What are you guys' takes on signing a keeper, Keppa? Um we definitely already did the who do we think is possibly leaving. Um, so I guess, guys, this pretty much leaves us with who we think might still come in. And obviously he throws in the word realistically as if any of this is, well, realistic in itself. Uh, Nick, the big one we want to kick it off with is the goalkeeping situation. Thibaut Courtois is going to Real Madrid 100%. I think it's ridiculous that they're only paying $35 million for him, but it is what it is. So the rumor replacements, uh, it's really just Keppa at this point, but Jack Butlin is still there as a negotiating tactic in case they can somehow get Bilbao to not part to part with him for less than seventy one million uh pounds, which is his buyout clause. Yeah, and you're the goalkeeper, so I'll let you talk about him, but I, I think the 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 key with uh Keppa Ariza Balaga, who is our who is our you know, potentially our new goalkeeper his distribution is excellent. Excellent, excellent, excellent. Um, the the three-minute highlight reels are out there. Go watch them yourself. Uh, you can use your own eyeballs to determine uh, if you love him or hate him. He's on the shorter side. Uh, so, you know, for, for those who think that you have to be 6'8 to play goal, you're probably not going to love him. Uh, but I think he's a, a really great pickup. And if we pay the $71 million, I think, you know, Brandon, that shows a statement of intent from the club that, they want quality there. Yeah, I, I mean, look, I'm not going to pretend like I've watched Athletic Bilbao ever in my life, um, but... Every game, Brandon. Every, every game. Every game. Have not missed a game 
when I dream that I've been studying Keppa for forever. Yeah, as we all quickly YouTubed him real quick and had to copy paste his last name because ain't no one got time to learn that. Uh, no, honestly though, with, with him, I mean, like Nick said, it sounds like his distribution is fantastic. Uh, I think the really interesting thing uh, is that you hear is that we were linked with Pepperena, but it turns out like instead of going after him, it was recommended by Pepe to look at him. I mean, this was the third goalkeeper on the Spanish World Cup roster, you know, De Gea, Pep, uh, I'm sorry, Pepperena, and and Kepa, Ariza Balaga. And so I think that just goes to show that if you're looking for a essentially a goalkeeper that will start the attack and can almost keep the play moving with the ball at the ground, a Spanish goalkeeper literally embodies this. We've seen so many goalkeepers from Spain be phenomenal with their footwork and their ability to hit a calm pass. Even Claudio Bravo can uh, play with his feet, just obviously not with his hands. So I think that this, uh, based on the fact that we're looking to um, really build into Sari's system, it makes a lot of sense. There's no doubt, though, there is a, it reeks of a lot of panic. Um, but at least they're panicking the right buy instead of just someone to to sign. You know, uh, better to panic to Keppa than um, um, Pickford in my mind. That's where I'm at. Dan, any comments you want to add to the GK situation? Yeah, I, I would say really quick. Uh, accurate pass distribution extremely high for Keppa in terms of uh, per match passes is uh, is exceptionally high. So. You know, I think if we're talking about someone who can start the play out of the back is going to be exceptional. Uh, I know Nick commented on the height, but if you watch the videos of some of his best saves, which obviously are going to make him look better than his worst saves um, or uh, goals that pass him by, uh, he does a lot of work with his uh, his legs, his position, and then also kind of extension of the body to uh, make up for the height that he might be missing. So. Uh, no, I'm excited. I think it's a great move. I think the fee also is a little bit of panic. Um, it's, uh, you know, it's the, what was it, uh, the, the Vicky Mendoza line, like a crazy hot, like this is a crazy hot type of deal and you're just trying to figure out where it charts on that. Um, yeah, yeah, this is somewhere in the middle of the crazy hot type of deal where we, it's a great deal and it's awesome, but it also is, you know, us kind of being raked over the coals because we could have had him for, you know, 20 million in January if we thought we wanted to replace our goalkeeper then. Um, so poor planning comes back to haunt us time and time again. Love the deal, but wish we could just plan maybe six months out in the future, 12 months out in the future next time. Proper planning prevents poor performance. That's the that's the motto. Uh, I mean, look, it, it's Real Madrid also missed him, if you want to make that argument. So it's not like we sat on our hands. But I will say, though, that his size isn't an issue when it comes to shot stopping because his athleticism will make up for that. His size is an issue inside a crowded box as a cross comes in or a corner kick or a free kick. Like his ability to go up in traffic and get the ball and not get destroyed by a, a center back on the op, like the opposition team, that's where the concern is. And we all know how much we raked Courtois over the coals for him being terribly weak at crosses at the beginning. And when I say we, I clearly mean you all, because it sure as hell wasn't me. <laughs> mm -hmm. All right, midfielders, though. We do have some exciting news coming from the midfield. We knew that Chelsea wanted another midfielder. Uh, sorry, even said it. And it looks like uh, a bright spot potentially out of this Courtois shambolic deal to Real Madrid is Mateo Kovacic on loan with an option to buy Nick. Now, obviously, uh, Croatian midfielder made it to the World Cup final. Um, is He's actually stopped training at Real Madrid to force this move through. So, hypocrites on both Everybody sides? Everybody stops training. <laughs> Everyone stops training this time of year. Uh, no, I mean, he's, he's a good player. Uh, certainly... You know, I think the, the general rule is, you know, and with, with limited exceptions, but general rule being that if they're good enough for Real Madrid, they're typically um, a good player. Um, I think that he's just, you know, due to the quality in their midfield and due to Casemiro, uh, just, you know, kind of taking a huge step up um, as a young player. I think he's just not going to see the time. Um, I think which begs the question, if he comes to Chelsea, is he going to see the time? Uh, you know, I think he's a... A really good option. I think he's a good player. He has good passing, but you know, it's certainly he's not a goal-scoring midfielder. Um, so there's there's work to do there, and we know that that's an area of need. But 
but you know, Dan, I think he's he's quality there. I mean, it's it wouldn't be bad to add quality. It, it never bad to add quality. I think uh, yeah, someone brought this up and resurrected an idea of mine that I've preached for over the past couple seasons is that to challenge for everything, if you want to be challenging for four competitions every year, you need the equivalent of two starting 11s to go out and field or as close to that as you can get. And when you look beyond the first tier of our team sheet, which is starting to look really, really exceptional, the depth isn't there. You know, we're about as, uh, as deep as a puddle right now when it comes to squad depth and adding someone like uh, Kovacic uh, is going to really elevate the quality of the side i think the the question mark is you know can he add some goals to his game can he you know kind of complete those runs into the box maybe you might see him doing that or does he become someone that you know is rotational in usage and the other last caveat in him is there's been conflicting reports one way or the other on whether or not there is an option to buy i think the deal is great if there is an option to buy if there's not, that seems really, really ludicrous. But clearly we had to take some more money that we might have been saving or putting aside for that midfielder and had to put it towards the Kepa buyout. So, I mean, when you think about it that way, I mean, I'm glad that we've potentially solved goalkeeping for the next, uh, you know, five, ten years at Chelsea, which would be exceptional. And uh, that would be worth it then in every uh, every which way. And might mean that that is a position that we either have to develop someone to be ready for or think about January next summer as a, a true evolution in that position. Well, we've got, uh, I mean, we got plenty of depth on the Premier League site because they've got Matt Miazga listed five times. So I don't know really what you're talking about. Not having Stop. enough. Matty. Stop. Matt. Stop. All right. Well, <laughs> the last uh, two we have, um, I don't know what, I mean, Three. They, kind of, these are all kind of throwaway. Like Fakir, he, they just came out and said he's probably going to stay. Leon Bailey, there's no progress on him in Zaha for $70 million. There's no way that's going to happen. Um, what what if we gave them Ruben Loftus Cheek? Do it. Is that the deal you want to do? I mean, it it is a deal that we could do. I mean, if you were saying we're going to give you Ruben Loftus Cheek plus some cash, and we'll take Zaha who could play on the wing or through the center, I I think I'm listening. I think it's definitely giving us some positional flexibility. I think uh, Fakir is probably the most intriguing one. Marsha asked us about it on on Twitter and wanted to say how we kind of felt about that. You know, Drew uh, talked about after the match how he spoke to Fakir after the Liverpool deal fell through and was speaking up and talking up Chelsea. So amazing! You know, it only took him, <laughs> only took him half a season to realize that uh, he could be a great ambassador for the club in more ways than one and uh, be an agent, uh, so to speak. But, yeah, I mean, look, that, that guy has double-digit goals every season, you know, for the past four-plus years. Uh, midfield probably kind of ends up being more of a second striker when you kind of look at his positional mapping. But that would be an exceptional signing for the squad. Uh, Zaha is great, but also has never had uh, a double-digit goal season, I think, in the past, like, three or four seasons. So, um Things to consider. You know, I'm listening to the Zaha one. I am definitely interested if Fakir is actually on the table ready to go. But I, I just don't know if that's going to happen. I mean, ba- Bailey's the choice. Um, Pulisic is still, you know, there's a rumor that he might be the signing next summer. Um, so I'm kind of holding on Pulisic for a little bit. But Bailey would be my choice of the three. I think Zaha would be an incredible fit, and I've said so for three or so years now. Um, if you listen back to, to seasons three, four, and, and this is, you know, we're kind of entering season five, uh, I think Zaha is just physical. He's a beast. Uh, he would give teams headaches. But, you know, who knows? We, we need someone in this position. I hope they make a move. I hope we bring in some depth. All right. Well, not a lot of time left to make it happen. Obviously, the how it works is we only have about – well, we have till Thursday, uh, 5.30 UK time, I believe, to make all of our transfer ins uh, within the Premier League. And then after that time, we can only do uh, transfer outs to European leagues. So not a lot of time to make it happen. So that's kind of where we're at with that. 
Um, so in our last few minutes here, let's go ahead and look at the actual first match of the season. Uh, it will be Huddersfield Town in the Premier League at John Smith Stadium, so Chelsea be away. And it'll be this coming Saturday, August 11th. Um, I think all we need to do to Woo. preview this is really our predicted lineups because that's all that's left at this point. There's no form, no recent results, no no table standings. It's just, it's it's clean, it's innocent, it's fresh. At Knickknack GB saying, after going through uh, those, maybe you guys can project who you feel will be our best 11. I guess, though, it's all part of the same question. Really hard to answer when the situation changes daily. Uh, at Copaset. Copacetic man saying, what is your ideal starting 11 with the current roster? Uh, no speculation or transfers. And Jay Kingiela Jordy says, who should start versus Hutterfield and who is the captain? I like that who's the captain little detail in there. The captain. Um, Nick, you said you could rattle this off by heart. So give us your starting 11 and then round it out with your captain of choice. First, Rob Green. And I'm kidding. Um <laughs> <laughs> Uh, London uh, is Willie, green. Yeah, London is green. Uh, Willie starts in goal. Uh, then I think our back four uh, from right back to left back goes Dave, David Luiz, Antonio Rudiger, and Marcus Alonso. Midfield three being Jorginho. Uh, either N'Golo or Barkley. I'm not sure if N'Golo is going to be fit enough. If he's fit, he'll play. Um and uh, I, I think Sesk will somehow start. <laughs> I don't know how. Um, and then my, my front three uh, will be Pedro, Murata, and I'm going to go out on a limb and say Callum Hudson-Odoi. Yep. I, I was bat- I was battling with that a little bit. For someone who said that they had it memorized and no problem, you labored through that a little bit. I mean, it just goes to uh, show, though, there's still it's some fitness. choices. Yeah, it's fitting. Like, if Hazard was fit, he'd start. But, you know, I, there's no way you can st- – there's just zero chance you're going to start him having been back with the squad for, like, two days. I agree. Um, so, yeah, that's, that's my lineup. All right, Dan, you can double down on it or you can make some changes. What do you think? Uh, you know, I, I think uh, I think Nick actually got it right, and uh, I don't say that often. So uh, you know, you can uh, tape that one for the 250th episode special and uh, play it back, and because uh, it might be the only time I've ever said it. Um, yeah, I, I think it makes sense based upon Sari's comments after the press conference. He was very much that this match comes too soon for most of the World Cup, if not all of the World Cup. Uh, players that have just returned and I don't think it's necessarily all about fitness I think it's also about spending time training with sorry training with the team understanding what he wants them to do Uh, I think the two that potentially could end up starting even though they've just come back would be Eden Hazard for Callum Hudson-Odoi and N'Golo Conte for Sesk I think those are the two that in my mind that potentially would slot in and I would say given all of that, I would imagine somewhere uh, either Luis or Espelicueta gets the armband for the night. If Hazard starts, uh, Hazard gets the armband, no question. Oh, yeah, I didn't pick my captain. Uh, Espelicueta is my captain. All right. I'm going to have Willie C in goal. And then right to left, I've got Espelicueta, Luis, Rudiger. And I, it's more of a prayer, but I'm going for Emerson. I, I, I hope he puts him in. Um my midfield. I'd prefer Emerson. Emerson, by the way, I'd prefer him. I think he looked good today. Yeah, it's just a matter of, yeah. I I, I don't think he'll go with Emerson. I just hope. Um, so then I've got Jorginho, Sesk, and Barkley in the midfield. Hudson Odoi, Morata, and Pedro up top. It's really the only change I'm making is Emerson and Forlonzo based on Sari's preseason, and that's just me trying to forecast it into Sari's mind, just trying to imagine it into reality is, is what I'm going for with this. So, um, yeah, I don't know. Guys, let us know what you think. We got we got our first match coming up this season. We, we're we going to have a starting lineup. Got to figure out where we're at. But, uh, guys, it's uh, it hasn't been that long, but we're back. It's, it's really happening. I, dude, I cannot wait. Even though this off season has been pretty cataclysmic, uh, I, th- I think uh, I think we're 
you know, we're going to get that love and feeling back. Um, it'll be great to be down at the pub, uh, see all of our, uh, our, our Chelsea brethren. And, and, you know, it's, it's just, uh, you know, it's the, the best day of the year is Premier League opening season for or opening day of the season for me. So just very, very excited to get back to it. Well, and, and this season, this postseason was just a casual reminder that you can turn off all notifications, including us, um, up until 48 hours before the window closes. And you'll really be perfectly up to speed at that point. Um, it's ba- it's basically like a, a, a sitcom that doesn't go anywhere until like the last two episodes. Uh, that, that's what happens with Chelsea. Like there's the only narrative uh, you know exposition that actually happens is in the last two in the last forty hours. Don't worry about anything else. We we were like the we were like the uh, the significant other that thinks we can change the other significant other. You know, uh, there's no change. You know, we we should have we should have known this was coming. And stayed patient until the last forty-eight hours of the of the window. It's gonna be great. Yeah, we're stupid. We're gonna we're gonna be right here with you guys. So tweet at us, Instagram us, Facebook us, email us. However you need to do it, we are here to help you get through the last forty-eight hours of this transfer window. But anyways, that is gonna wrap us up for another, actually, our final preseason episode. We will be back after this weekend's match to bring you the first. 2018-2019 Premier League podcast. Just let that sink in, listeners. It's 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 gonna be great. So until next time, Chelsea fans, you know what to do. Keep the blue flag flying high. Thanks again for listening to another episode of the London is Blue podcast, covering everything related to Chelsea FC. Make sure to follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook to submit your questions. And if you like this episode, a five-star review in the iTunes store would help other Chelsea fans find us. 